Hier een zetsel word aan jou gebring die Radio Kaapse Kansel op 729 AM. Bezoek ons gerust by www.kaapsekansel.co.za Intimi C A place where we learn about deep connection with yourself, those close to you and, and with God. In our program we deal with reality, restoration and redemption in the face of addiction. We uncover intimacy as seeing into me and the role it plays in healthy, authentic and thriving relationships. In our 39 years of marriage, our understanding of intimacy has grown tremendously. I am Frederick Woolz. And I am Suki Woolz. In our jobs as licensed counsellors, we continue to learn about the crucial role of intimacy and relationships. With the rapid development of technology, there are many distractions such as our phones and uh, social media and the internet and gaming that so easily lure us into a virtual world away from face-to-face intimate connections in the here and now. Because of our exposure to the internet, many people fall into the trap of process and substance addiction as a substitute for intimate relationship with themselves, God and others. So, please join us uh, for our weekly journey into deeper and greater intimacy and connection, especially to those closest to you. We're very welcome to our listeners and um, with us again on this journey of uh, going towards intimacy from disconnect is once again Brendan and Kate. Last week we spoke about how safe spaces are important uh, for restoration and developing intimacy, specifically for couples. Through our talk we also saw that individuals struggling to stop compulsive behavior, habits and addictions need to be in a safe space where they can be supported. Brendan, what does a safe space look like for men that are trapped in um, some type of addiction, but specifically sexual addiction? So I think the starting point for any safe space um, should be um, a mixture of unconditional love, mm-hmm. compassion, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I see that that's, that's how the Lord treated the Israelites when they were at their worst. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, when they were sacrificing children to other gods, um, the Lord still had compassion for them. He still loved them. He still forgave them. Mm. Um, and if you know, that should be the way we strive as well to to set the environment for our safe spaces. Mm. Um, there, I think a safe space also should be a place where where um, somebody doesn't feel um, they don't feel judged for the mm. past actions and potentially also for the future actions. Exactly. Um, and that's um, that. Sometimes the the addictive cravings that they feel in, feel in the brain, or in the moment of the sexual urges, that um, they often may slip up and, and lapse. And um, a space where they don't feel judged for that, and mm. but understand that that's probably part of the um, the the healing process and and um, the 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 cycle of of getting out of it. They're going to the brain is. If they're addicted, their brain is going to want to go back to that. Mm. Um, it's a so a space where they don't feel judged. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, a place also where you can speak fairly frankly, fairly honestly, and fairly openly um, in order to remove that shame and guilt that hangs over this um, mm. of an issue like pornography and sex addiction. Um, 
it, uh, I feel also one of the places where you can you can put sin in its right perspective because often sexual sin is held um, in a separate light as to many other things. So a place where um, where sin is put into the same perspective, whether you're watching porn or whether you gossip to friends, sin is sin. It still mm. holds the same weight in front mm. of the Lord. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's really a place where we need to um, display compassion, love, and forgiveness. But uh, yes. sad to say that we don't always get it right. As much as we would like to love well, um, we are human and we don't get it right very often. Uh, sometimes we really make a mess of it. Um, so are there particular places that individuals can can go to where they can find these places? Um, there, there are a number of um, a number of groups, both uh, online and in person. Um, I feel um, to answer an online setting like um, like we have in, in COVID, um, there are a number of online um, online groups around the country and around the world um, that people can go to. Mm. Um, one of the ones that we at Break Free are dealing with is um, the Live Free Community app. Um, we it's an, it's, a, it's a online community that people around the world who are also in the throes of um, recovering from pornography and sex addiction, um, and uh, they are all there to hold each other accountable, to encourage each other out of it, and to mm. share each other, share with each other the struggles they're having and also the successes, successes they've had through um, various means. Um, so that that's one of the ways that um, that basically we we're using is is, is through that global um, that global uh, community of of Liffy. Yeah, it's so important during these times when when COVID is sticking its head out and preventing us from meeting face to face. So then, obviously, I would say that in uh, the Live Free, uh, that community, there's no judgment. There is the place where you can be honest. And and that is a place when we are honest, and then that is when the shame and the guilt is removed. So it sounds like a very, very safe space. Yeah. Kate, um, I want to know, um, do you have safe spaces where you can share with others? Me personally? Yes. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I don't... I'm not part of any online groups. I've just joined the Live Free for Wives app, but more as a curiosity to just see what, um, yeah, more out of curiosity just to see what um, they, what what they, they do. do and how mm-hmm. they support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's really hard, like we said in the previous program, to um, for partners of addicts to get other people that they can share with. And I think that is an ongoing problem that many women face all over. And because when we share, often... We don't want our husbands to, or our partners to be in a bad light. And so we yeah. need to look out for that. But, and in the same time, we also have certain needs and we also have a recovering journey that we can go. So um, I am part of several groups. There are several online groups. Uh, there are several 12-step groups where women can be part of. I think one is called COSA. The other one is called CODA. Um, and there are several other groups as well. And then also something that we really appreciate is Celebrate Recovery. That is a group where you can also find online, and I'm just sharing this for our listeners who might not have heard. We often speak about it on these programs, but it's something that we often repeat because it's so important for us. Celebrate Recovery focuses on 
hang hang-ups, hurts, and habits. So it's great. So anyone that struggles with something um, is welcome to be at Celebrate Recovery. And there they have a specific group for codependents. Often, and I know that's not an easy word to describe, but often uh, partners of addicts um, could fall in that category because of certain ways we have to, that we behave. But of course, everybody doesn't fall in that category. But it's a very safe space for me and many other women that I know where a person can share and where nobody would judge you. Um, like There's a couple of... Yes. yes, no, continue, please. No, there's a couple of, um, we've just come across a website called Hope Redefine, mm. um, which is in Tennessee, and they um, offer personal one-on-one coaching and online support. Mm. Um, the Live Free Wives app um, is very similar, I think works similar to the way the men the men's one work, where you have a community of women who share that common history of pain and sexual betrayal. So it's a place you can find real supportive women that are actually going through it. It's not just sort of somebody counseling you on the other side. It's women who are experiencing exactly what you're experiencing. Right. And it's a place you can get practical teaching and like inspiration and encouragement. So yes. yeah, those, those are the two I've come across. Thank you for that. And then also when you said that, I remembered Marsha Means. She's got a group Circle of Joy online that I've been part of for many, many years, I think since 2007. And that helped me to get the information that I needed for us to come in recovery in 2010. So that is something I can uh, recommend. And then also some of the listeners would remember Jonathan Doherty. We spoke to him, some of those who might have listened a a while ago, a few programs ago. And I know their ministry also has groups for women that you can be part of online. Frederick, Mm. you wanted to say something? Yeah, you know, I think as we are talking now, as, as a man, I'm starting to get the feeling it's only the men that have the addiction. And we know that is not true because um, some statistics from Covenant Eyes say that at least 20% of Christian women are uh, addicted to some sexual behavior. Um, What type of help, uh, what have you found in your ministry to couples and to men and women? I think it's, um, as I said earlier, it's important to have um, someone to talk to other than your spouse and somebody who's who's not afraid to be frank and blunt and um, will ask the hard questions. And mm. I think a lot of people will speak to their best friend and tell their best friend, but you need somebody who's sort of godly and invested mm. and will make the time to check in with you and go that extra mile and, like, follow up. Um, and, yeah, like you were saying, Covenant Eyes, um, Accountable to You, all that accountability software that will sort of send people emails to say, this is what you're looking at. And um, the filtering software like Custodio and uh, SoFast, those things are also useful. Mm. Kate, um, thank you for that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the unique challenges women face um, who have partners that struggle with it, with sexual addiction? You, you you started with that, but maybe you can go in uh, into that a little more because it's such a common thing. It's important for for other ladies to identify with what we experience. Women, women with addicted partners. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think we, yeah, we feel very alone um, that even though there are a lot of women that are struggling with this, it's hard to speak to people and find that community um, of women who are struggling with it because it's such a secretive, um, stigmatized addiction. So because it's not, it's not like you can go to therapy like you can for um, 
alcohol addiction or something like that. There isn't, it's not as easily accessible to um, find a community. Mm. So I think many women feel really alone. Mm. Um, And you don't want to shame your husband or break trust with your husband. So it's really hard to share. Um, I think something else that most women feel is that you don't cut it, like that you um, feel that you need to match up to the porn and you need to be as good as it. Um, And feeling betrayed. Um, I think it's also hard knowing that it's a process um, that you're in it for the long haul now. It's not just like tomorrow you'll wake up and it'll be done. Um, So even though that there are lapses, I think it's important to remember that um, even though they've gone back to their old behavior, that contrary to to how you feel, that it's a process and Mm. that you must just remember that. I think it's also hard um, believing that it has nothing to do with you, Mm. that it's Mm. not your fault, that you are good enough and Mm. that it's it's an addiction and it's it's something that's, um, I don't want to say unintentional, but it's, it's definitely something that's hard to control. Yep. But it's it's not you. Mm. And it's hard to believe that you're not the problem because I think many women have self-worth um, issues already. Mm. Exactly. Mm, mm, mm. And that it started long before you. Actually, the addiction yeah. problem or the seeds of the addiction problem often happened when they were young children and there's certain mm. templates in their brains that formed that what they linked satisfaction with that and that it becomes an escape for them. And But it's so hard for women to actually, we hear that again and again, but it's sometimes hard for, for ladies to really uh, assimilate that and to believe that. And of course, there, like Brendan said before, it's so important to meditate on scripture and and our godly identity and what God says about who we are. That is so important. Mm. Mm. Uh, I was, as Katie was sharing, Suki, I came to hear a word that was very, very important, and that is trust. So let's just take a, a, a break, and then after that, we will talk about this question of trust. Uh, Thank you for joining us again, uh, listeners. Um, As I was saying, I wanted to say, you know, um, while I was an active addict, um, I believe that the greatest damage that I did and made with with my addiction was breaking the trust between Suki, my wife, and myself. Um, And then eventually with others and even with God. And And I think at one stage I was saying, I can't even trust myself. So mutual trust is such an important ingredient for intimacy and with an intimate relationship. So uh, what are some of the steps that people can take to start rebuilding this trust? What would you say, Brendan? So um, I would I'd start off with just being with with just being honest um, about times that um, that we lapse, mm-hmm. um, just to show that um, we're not hiding anything. Um, that uh, I'll when I'm when I'm when you hear from me, uh, then you know that it's the time that it happened. Um, I think it also it's also imperative that um, that that we actively take um, and implement protective measures. Um, so. Accountability software, filtering systems, those kind of things. I think those are imperative. They they do take a bit of the edge off from um, off of the urges, um, and uh, I think it, it helps having 
it takes a bit of weight off your shoulders knowing that there's mm-hmm. something there that's helping protect you. Um, and, and that I think is, is definitely helpful, particularly if you've, you as the addict have gone and found these measures, mm-hmm. um, it helps build a bit more trust in the, in the spouse, um, to see that, that you're being active in this. Um, mm-hmm. I think something that, that, um, from our dating relationship that transferred into our marriage relationship was, um, enrolling the spouse and educating them, um, into kind of what your triggers are as an addict. Mm. Um, that, that I found was very helpful. Um, so to give an example as, um, one of the things that I found really, really, really battling that I battled a lot with in particular was, um, the cues in, um, in, in shops when you had mm. many, um, fairly scandalous magazines that lined the cues. Um, mm. and, uh, once I had kind of trained and educated Katie and what, what's going on in my head, um, she took the lead and, and went in front of me and flipped all of those magazines over. So they were safe for me and any guy coming behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that where, um, where I've enrolled her into into my um, my rehab process. Um, I think also constantly being in a or consistently at least being in a self sacrificial um, frame of mind. So spend time as the addict, getting to know what your spouse needs and wants, um, mm. and then doing them without being asked, even though it may be may often be um, come at your expense. Um, the 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 constant self-sacrificial love um, often helps build deep affection for a spouse. Um, and uh, I found also helps to retrain my brain to, to think about think about her rather than think about the porn when I had those urges. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, a thought that came to me as you were sharing is that um, porn addicts are often very, very, very smart. And sometimes we can get around the filters. Um, so what seems to be most important is that honesty. And um, in my early days when I started revealing this problem, um, the worst was when Suki found out I had done something or I had looked at something or viewed something. So the, the best method is to bust the addict. Um, what has your experience been with regards to that? Yeah, so um, there were, there, I think there are two things. There's, um, there, there's this this battle that you fight as an addict, where when you lapse, um, you have the guilt and shame already that you feel um, for for lapsing, um, and you you have this battle of I know that what I've done is sinful, so now I've broken the relationship with the Lord. But at the same time, you you battle with the the thing of of if I go and tell my my spouse what's happened, I know I'm going to hurt them. I know it's going to break through the trust. But at the mm. same time, if I don't, it's going to be even worse. Mm, mm, mm. Um, mm. So you you've got this this battle that you're fighting the whole time inside. And um, and as you say, it is it is better long term um, to 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 be as honest as you can from the go. Um, and know that the hurt is part of is going to be is part and parcel of this. Is mm. um, it's going to be there, um, and our focus has to be on on how we respond. Um, one of the th- the key things I think which which really helped me in earlier in the early years was the the constant reading and memorizing of scripture. Does that mm. help build a bit of an internal filter? 
Mm. Um, and that internal filter is better than any external filter you can put in place. Mm. 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 Yeah, that's true. And then I remember Frederick also uh, something about bouncing his eyes. Um, yes. You know, uh, sorry, I'm just referring back to what you said about the magazines earlier. And the triggers. That, yeah. yeah, the triggers that it's his responsibility to bounce. Um, it's good if I could see something and I could remove it, but eventually it's not my responsibility. It's his. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah. Especially when we watch something together um, to look away immediately because it's a problem for me when I know there's something and I see he's just staring <laughs> and uh, and I need to take the computer away. So I know that's something that he worked very hard on bouncing his eyes um, and he's still Still, mm, it's I because still it's, a, it's an ongoing process. Yeah, it's, and bounce. if he yeah. doesn't bounce enough, I would quickly switch the computer or move it away <laughs> and look at him <laughs> because it's, um, it's a process. Unfortunately, addictions are cunning and baffling and not easy to combat. And uh, so it's an ongoing um, process of accountability and building that trust for also for the partner to see that my that my husband or my wife, you know, if it's in other sexes, we always share about a husband and wife, but it could be the other way around. If my partner is serious and taking up his responsibility. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Thank you, Suki. And, you know, building trust is not something that comes very easy. And um, it's literally taken me years and years, and I'm still busy rebuilding trust. So. Katie, I'd like to ask you, what do you see or what would you like to see in your partner to show that they are busy rebuilding trust? I think it's a commitment to to change. Mm. So it's, it's all good and well to say that they want to fight it. Mm. But I think if there's a repeated lapse where it's just like they are not making any effort. Mm, mm. Um, I think it's it's all good and well to say that you're going to fight it, but there needs to be action as well. Yeah. And um, I'm all for helping. I think spouses, as Brendan said earlier, need to be actively involved in the recovery process mm. and celebrating the milestones and the successes with them and mm. encouraging them through the failures. Um, and know that they need to know that you're there, but there definitely needs to be a lot of effort from the addict side, from your spouse's side, um, and that that needs to manifest in in the behaviour. Mm. Absolutely, and and to add to that is what what they say, what they do, what they say, <laughs> because yeah, and that's part of what you're saying, the behaviour, right? Like because sometimes people would say things, but but what they do and what they say are different. And yeah. that is a very important part of rebuilding that when a person says something and they do what they said they would do. Um, that's mm-hmm. part of the of of building the trust and uh, the accountability um, eventually in that relationship. Wow. Thank you so much. It's been such a privilege to talk to both of you about something very sensitive on air that is not easy for us to talk about as couples. Thank you for your vulnerability. It's been very precious. And I think, and not I think, I know you are helping countless other couples that are going through the same struggles. And especially as Christians, we are not 
comfortable to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. So thank you for helping us to provide this platform where we can learn from one another and where we can continue to grow in our respective journeys. Mm, Yeah, thank you so much, Brendan and Kate. And uh, we can see that trust is built and trust is built in safe spaces. And you and Katie have been able to either look for and create safe spaces for each other. And it's in those spaces that uh, restoration takes place and that we can move into deeper and deeper intimacy with God, with others, with yourself. And then to have those safe spaces also in our Christian communities, when if we would share with our pastors for them to walk the journey with us and maybe also for pastors to familiarize themselves with this with this huge struggle that so many people are struggling with and continue to encourage one another and provide safe spaces also in churches for people struggling with these issues. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks for having us. Sure. Thank you for having us. Well, so thank you very much, listeners, for tuning in again. And as we usually say... Please make contact with us at the, the email that is provided, fredericksuki at kpulpit.co.za. Thank you very much and see you next week. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your questions to fredericksuki at kpulpit.co.za. Fredericksuki, one word, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-K. S-O-E-K-I-E at kpulpit.co.za Let's connect next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za